Welcome to Magnet Minutes. This is Jordan Kimmel with an update for May 24th, 2022. And it's a pleasure to bring on an old friend and new friend. It's Todd Schoenberger. And Todd, as you know, we all know him from Buy, Hold, to Sell. We know him from media for many years. But Todd is also the Chief Investment Officer for Crosscheck Management Family Office. And Todd, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate being here. But, well, let me say, Todd, I had a lot of fun on Buy, Hold, Sell. Um, we'll get into what that's all about, and we'll actually invite people to watch the entire clip. We want to show some highlights. But, Todd, what I love about it is that unlike the scripted Wall Street, always be fully invested, always write out the market, uh, you're willing to go to different places uh, and, and really tell it as it is. And for someone who's run a quantitative long short model for years, uh, it's not that you are a media celebrity or an investor who also runs a great media show. So tell us before we get into the market a little bit, tell us about Buy, Hold, Sell and where everyone sees it. Yeah, well, a couple of things. We started the show really as a spinoff of a show that Tobin Smith and I used to do um, on a on a uh, cable network. And so we decided that maybe we should create something that is slightly different. And one thing that we wanted to do was still have that rapid fire, high energy type of financial talk show. But we really wanted something where we had conviction, where you would actually say, oh, yeah, this is going to happen today. The markets are going to go up today or they're going down. The worst thing that a lot of financial news networks do is that they'll invite guests on that are very, they're just agnostic. They'll say, oh, it could go up, could go down, could stay sideways. That's really, it does not provide a value to the viewers. So we wanted to create a show that would provide value, but also be entertaining and knowledgeable and we think we've uh, we've accomplished that so far. So we've been we're very proud of what we've done and what we've been able to create. Right. Well, I have to say that I've joined you guys on that old network, and uh, I've been on the buy hold sell on on that network as well. And your your show is so professionally managed with the engineers. I think you just get it right. Uh, and again, you definitely guys bring on the energy, and, and I love being on. Uh, I love coming on again. So, you know, we talked before and, and we know each other a bit, but share a little bit. You've been in the business a long time, like myself, but actually running money uh, for your family office and, and running a quantitative launch, run a quantitative model. You could describe the model. But what I really, really appreciate is, you know, Magnet is itself a very quantitative model. Uh, I don't like to predict exactly what's going to happen in three, five years. What we do is we know what the spreadsheets are showing us now. We know what the trend is now. So share a little bit, Todd, if you, if you don't mind, about your own model, uh, your experience with it, and your specialties. That's right. Well, my experience has been mostly in finance and media, and this goes back a couple of decades. Um, I started in 2009 a quant model while I was working at USAA. I used to run the brokerage division for the military base company down at San Antonio. And part of my job wasn't just to run the brokerage, but was also to come up with easy to understand investment models for our members, which are 
soldiers, which are actual, um, which are our, uh, members of our military. And, um, and for all, every, all the military members listening and watching, definitely thank you for your service, especially with us bumping up to Memorial Day. But with that, the, the one thing that I wanted to do was create a model that was simple to understand. Not that military members couldn't understand anything that was highbrow or, or very, um, you know, really digging deep into the, into the weeds. What I wanted to do was really cater to that 19-year-old enlisted soldier, the one who's facing combat, who actually has to get on a phone call and speak to a representative at USAA and really have to understand what they're investing in. So the model itself is very simple. It's a, it's a long, short model. I cover three sectors, oil, precious metals, and real estate. And that's it. You're either long or you're short or you're in cash. And there is a, a specific uh, algorithm that actually will tell me and give me the inputs to tell me whether I should be long or short or in cash. But it's enough for someone who, say, a private first class Smith from Topeka, Kansas, as he, he's in combat overseas. I want him to understand that, hey, if he's long oil and he looks on, online and he says, sees that ExxonMobil is up 2%, he feels pretty good that, hey, maybe I'm making a couple of dollars today. So the model was specifically made for the members and the service members at USAA. Uh, with the uh, with the intent of just being simply understood, and uh, and it's it's carried on since then, and it's worked out exceptionally well. Um, it really evolved from working just as a subscription type of business model, really evolved into uh, being put on different platforms or for different brokerages. RIAs were using it. It evolved into a hedge fund. It worked out really well. Now it's just with the family office exclusively. So. We're really proud of that. But Crosscheck also has different lines of business. I mean, Jordan, like you said, you were on Buy, Hold, Sell with us. You were fabulous, by the way. I'm really looking forward to having you back in June. I know we already have you scheduled, and that's going to be another excellent show. But part of my job is to come up, not just run that one model, but also come up with alternative investments. And Crosscheck Media is a spinoff of that, and Buy, Hold, Sell is, is one of those shows. And we're creating several different shows that are going to be put on different streaming channels. The Buy, Hold, Sell program is currently on Roku. We just signed a deal with Apple TV that's starting in July, Buy, Hold, Sell, along with all the other shows that we're developing will also be distributed on Apple TV. So if you are a subscriber, you can simply tune in and watch it that way as well. Well, fantastic. And, and look, there's no doubt other services are picking you up. You guys really run a terrific show. And uh, and frankly, I, I'd be on as often as possible. I love the energy and uh, I love Great. the conviction. And so let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about the markets themselves, because too much of the public, you know, as, as we discussed, uh, are sitting overly long in 10 stocks, regardless yep. what mutual funds they're in, no matter what brokerage firms are in, they all kind of bought into this um, extended story, I believe. And so all of a sudden, you know, about a year or so ago, uh, I didn't know why, but all of a sudden oil and gas companies showed up to the top of Magnet's model. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't making any predictions, but we followed the model. We, we have a lot of exposure in that area. And, uh, you know, whether it's becoming a crowded trade or not, I'm not sure yet. Um, what is your model? I'm really interested. What What is your specific quantitative model say uh, about the oil and gas business right now? 
Well, we're definitely long. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I've always been an oil bull as it is. I mean, we find our moments when we have to go short. The thing that was a bit concerning, when you look at the three big oil companies, you have Exxon, Chevron, and ConocoPhillips. For years, they really didn't move much. Uh, actually, if you look at when, if you go back to when Apple overtook ExxonMobil as the most valuable company in America, right. the market cap, was I, was I forget it was something I forget the exact number million. yeah 400 million I think it was for Exxon it, it's still 400 million and and so it's been a slow roll now we're seeing that value move higher mainly because of oil prices we're out of the pandemic we still have lockdowns taking place in China but overall from a global scale people still can, can, uh, can continue to consume oil and that is impacting companies like a um, like an Exxon who do have new um, new operations as far as new drilling contracts around the world they're doing great but that's one of those companies along with Chevron and Conoco that it's almost like a pack of baseball cards I say this to everybody you, know, you buy a, a, the you know the baseball cards you put them in your attic you pull them out 30 years later and they're worth something Exxon seems to be one of those companies so our model has been long oil We've been long oil for some time though. And and I gotta say, I mean, we're willing to ride out the the down days. What is concerning though, is what, we haven't seen the demand destruction with consumption yet. Once that does happen, then that's gonna be the time you wanna go short. I know Exxon's down today, uh, mainly broader averages are down anyway. Tech seems to lead the, the way on that sell off. If that's the case, you know, I, I would still hold on to it. However, I wouldn't hold on much longer, especially if the world does go into a recession, which could happen in the second half of this year. If we're not already in one, that would probably be the time you want to start going short oil. And that's probably when our model will tell us to. Right. And you remind me as, as well, I hope. And you know what? I have to tell you, Todd, I remember seeing a really interesting study years ago where they showed a, a barrel of oil, if you will. And then they showed where the consumption goes. And a lot of it does not go... Uh, just into the gas tank of cars. There's all kinds of other use. Uh, oh, yeah. Fuel, you know, airplane, you know. Carpets, perfume, of, makeup. Right. Take your pick. I know it's a big. Listen, I've always said, and, and we've been on TV before about this, Jordan, where I've always said oil is, is more valuable than oxygen, it seems to humans. I mean, we use it for everything. And it's not just for petroleum products. And so when you start thinking about the ancillary parts of that business, when we talk about carpet, well, new carpet means do you have homes? Do you have, do you have houses that are going to end up um, uh, being remodeled? And you can look at, look at some of the, the, uh, those ancillary companies like a Home Depot and Lowe's. If you see those numbers down, that means people are not doing the DIY stuff. If they're not doing that, they're probably not installing new carpet. If they're not installing mm. new carpet, that's just one part of it. But that's part of the demand destruction, and we just haven't seen that quite yet. Uh, I do believe it's going; it's on the horizon, and uh, it will happen. But people just have not curbed their their consumption habits nor their spending habits. Right, and that's the whole point, Todd, about keeping your eyes on the road and not this blasé, always long, always equally weighted among this or that and the other thing. And that's where active management comes in, which is what I really believe in. So, so I want to talk. About, about you know real estate and so you know real estate 
maybe it, it might seem more cyclical. I'd rather not tell you my opinion. I'd rather hear from you what your model says. Tell me, you know, what, what you're seeing and thinking about overall real estate right now. We're short real estate right now. And the trigger of that, and it's common sense, is that higher interest rates are causing mortgage rates to go higher. You're seeing that in some recent data uh, from uh, that's being released in housing data, pending home sales ex- and um, new home sales are down. When you, when you see those numbers, especially during the peak home buying season, which is what we're in there right now, that is very alarming because it only spells uh, a dire outlook in the second half of the year as rates continue to rise. Fed has been very transparent about hiking rates. And if that's the case, and then you get into a slowdown in the real estate buying season, uh, it's it's not looking good. I mean, you see some of these home builders, you know, KB Homes, Toll Brothers, I mean, just taking it on the chin right now. I mean, they're not doing well. And this is the time of year when if you're looking to buy any type of seasonal type of company, now's the time you want to start looking at real estate stocks. Um, unfortunately, they're not uh, they're not cooperating. And as a result, uh, probably an industry that you want to stay away from. But we're definitely short on the real estate side. Interesting. And, and you know, the thing is, a, a year or so ago, and you see how quick the mood changes, uh, I think we're in just an unusual real estate market where there's so little supply. Uh, yeah. if, you know, you can get a good price for your house where you're going to move. Um, yeah. and, and still, you know, the fact is, is that prices of home stocks are clearly down mm-hmm. um, and, and trending lower. And um, so I think your analysis on the, on the uh, interest rates, clearly, you know, people were getting mortgages, you know, for, for so little. I remember when I bought my house, uh, I look at these two and 3% mortgages saying, my God, you know, money was, was kind of free at that time. Um, yeah. So, um, so, so let me ask you this too. I, I want to segue away. I actually love to read Todd, uh, you know, looking at your, your bio, I know you have, uh, no lies live forever. You're also an author. And, yeah. uh, so I, I'm going <laughs> to read that book. It sounds like a really cool story. You want, you want to tell, uh, you want to tease the audience what the story's about maybe? Well, it is, um, Loosely based off of my time uh, in New York running a hedge fund. And um, and so it, it really gets into, um, it's actually rather interesting. The timing of this, I, I, here's, the, here's the premise of it. So when I was a hedge fund manager, we actually had a, um, we had someone who had approached us uh, from an area in, the, in Eastern Europe that was telling us that basically Russia was looking to take over or at least have a major influence in several of the countries in the Balkans region. Um, what had happened was, as we understand it, the, the United States was willing to send cash to the Balkans region, quite a bit of cash, um, in, in response for them to basically ignore the Russians. Um, I know it seems far-fetched, and it may have been, I don't know, but all I do know is that a lot of the countries in that region, they don't export a lot. So they had a, an influx of money, and they needed to do something with it. So they started to look at U.S.-based hedge funds, U.S.-based banks to invest that money that was coming in from Washington. And this is a way to basically have influence without firing a single shot. How do you do that? Well, you, you obviously can do it with money, and, and then you try to seek that influence. And this was a way that we could 
combat uh, the Russians from moving into Eastern Europe. So here in the Balkans region, they're looking for hedge funds. Ours just happen to be one of them. Some of that money would end up flowing into the fund. And as a result, um, it really gets into a little bit into the book. It's very entertaining. Uh, there's a lot of parts of it really provides a behind the the curtain type of view in the hedge fund world, which is already mysterious as it is, um, only because, as you know, Jordan, you, you're dealing with accredited investors. It's a very high in uh, high um, affluent um, you know, affluent um, type of crowd that you're working with. You're involved in several meetings that people would love to be part of. Um, but I really went into a lot of detail with some of the meetings that I was in. And um, I wouldn't mention names, of course, but I did provide a little bit of guidance as far as anybody who has a, a curiosity as to the inner workings of Wall Street. So really went into it. I did sensationalize a few parts of it uh, to try to make it much more entertaining than it already was to live through. But, uh, but I, so far, I mean, everybody seemed to really like it. So I hope you enjoy it as well. Good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You you listed as fiction, but I, but I'm sure there's a whole lot of thread of of your own experience. And so every once in a while, we need to step back and read a, a thriller. And uh, <laughs> God, I'm, I'm glad to to see you you did that. And so you know, let me just ask one one thing as as we'll wrap it up here is a lot of people you know, are saying the same thing on television or, you know, when you meet them a year later, they say, well, I knew this and I knew that. Um, what I'm not good at, Todd, is, is seeing around the corner, if you will. And, and I follow a model very carefully. Is there anything that is not being talked about uh, in the general media that's on your mind that you tell people, watch for this or watch for that, or, you know, something you're yeah. thinking about that not everyone else is? Yeah, the debt to income ratio. I am shocked that nobody's talking about how much consumer debt is being added to to households right now. We received a number of was it 16 trillion? It was, it was some crazy number last month that has been added to to uh, to the household debt load. Maybe it was in trillion. It must have been billion. But the point being is that you have you have people that are adding money that are using credit cards to pay for household goods and services. And if that's the case, that's only going to continue. You had a 9.6% lift in food costs in April year over year. Bloomberg came out with a with analysis today showing the year over year inflation for electricity in major cities around the country. New York City is over 21% year over year. It's huge. Miami actually tops the list, surprisingly. But when you start looking at the fact that people have to take on debt to actually put food on the family table, pay the electric bill, you're looking at paying for shelter. People, are, you're going to start seeing defaults on mortgages. It's going to be really ugly. And when I start looking at debt to income ratios, and this is something that we used to do uh, with um, going back to uh, to the Obama days, I mean, it only seems that that's a number we're going to start talking about in the second half of this year. And as you know as well as I do, Jordan, that kind of debt you have, if you're carrying that kind of debt load, you have bankruptcies that are going to be up. You're going to have a, a drop in savings rates because you can't save if you're in debt. And it's only going to continue, and that will have an impact on the discretionary incomes and therefore stocks down the line. I mean, 70% of GDP is the consumer. I just do not see it right now. I'm very concerned with that. And I'm surprised a lot of people aren't talking about it. 
Right. Todd, look, I think you're making a great point. You know, you hear on television how flush the consumer is and how much money the consumer has. And that is, again, the top 5%, you'll never have any issues. But, yeah. you know, clearly what you're talking about, the inflation is eating away at, at everybody else. And it's showing up in these retail sales that are just blowing people's mind to, you know, the, the big misses. Uh, so I think you're, you're bringing up a really great point. And I don't believe that the average consumer uh, is as flush and healthy as, as they like to say on television, uh, or at least some of the media. So I think your point is really well taken. I think that what you're clearly describing um, is what Wall Street is afraid of. They don't like to ever say there's a recession coming. They never saw it coming, at, you know, even when it's in front of them, uh, because they don't want to tell that story. And, and again, Todd, that's really to the whole piece about buy, holders, buy, hold, sell, what you guys are willing to say and how you're willing to, to go about business, which is really refreshing in this day and age. And uh, thank you. I want to thank you for coming on Magda Minutes. You're welcome on. Your partner Tobin's welcome on. And uh, I look forward to spending a lot more time with you. And, and I remember the old days at that old network. Um, and it was very carefully scripted where yours is more free-flowing. And uh, I love the honesty. So uh, thank hey, you. thanks for the time today. And thank uh, you, enjoy Jordan. the summer. Todd, great to see you. Great to have you on. And this is Jordan Kimmel wrapping up for Magnet Minutes for the Informed Investor.